you clap your hands unto the Lord? Give him that great praise here tonight. What a wonderful, wonderful Savior. That's it. Go ahead. That feels good here tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory. Do it some more. It just feels good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. What a wonderful, wonderful presence of the Lord that is here uh, tonight. Amen. I, I want to uh, take just a minute, and this is not my sermon. This is nowhere near what I feel to preach here tonight. But I, I just want to uh, repeat something that we said here today. Uh, the good brother that was leading our service this morning uh, took time and gave honor. Uh, that's all right. Gave honor to Bishop and Mother Wright, and then gave honor to Pastor Wright, and then to Pastor Joel Wright, Senior Pastor David Wright. And uh, it was right, no pun intended. But it was, it felt good in the Holy Ghost. It, it was, it was the right thing to do at the right time. And uh, I, I mentioned to this, uh, to the congregation this morning that in the New Testament, uh, the man that tried to steal his brother's wife was told of John that, that was forbidden, and he rebuked him and said, you don't, you don't get to do that. And his niece then came in, and we had a specific dance. We won't mention that tonight because Bishop's here. <laughs> I know, no guts, no glory. but And uh, she danced a certain dance and got her uncle... All worked up and messed up, and he looked at her and said, just ask me whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And she went back to her mother and said, I, I go back and tell your uncle, go back and tell him you want the head of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the voice of God. John the Baptist was the word of God in that moment. He spoke what was the will and the purpose of God in the men and women's lives. And when Herodias, or that spirit of Herodias, decapitated the head of John, she thought, that she had silenced the voice of God. She thought she had dealt with it. But it is not the conclusion of that story. The story goes on that just a little while later, Jesus himself stood where John the Baptist had stood. Jesus stood there. And that old fellow who John rebuked tried to get Jesus to open up his mouth and would not. Jesus, the Bible says, answered not a word. He refused to speak. You will never, ever hear from God outside or when you decapitate the head of your leadership. It's not that God can't speak around them. It's that God won't speak around them. Honor your leadership. Honor your pastor. Love these great men and women of God. When you silence your pastor's voice, you're not going to hear from God. It's just not going to happen. And so... Again tonight, I want to honor Bishop and Mother Wright, and I want to honor Pastor and his wife and this family, this great congregation, in the wonderful name of Jesus. I know that they don't ask for that, and they probably feel that they don't deserve it, but, but we disagree on that. We, we think they do. Give honor to whom honor is due.
Amen. Most of all, we honor the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Doesn't it feel good to be in His presence? I want to uh, do my part quickly and get out of the way. I want to, I want to obey the Holy Ghost more than anything here tonight. And uh, I, I don't know how long we'll preach. Um, don't know how good we'll preach, but we will obey the Holy Ghost. Amen. Luke chapter four, Luke chapter four, verse number fourteen. Luke chapter four, and verse fourteen. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues and being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went in the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20, And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, This day... Is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceedeth out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me, This proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut three years and six months, when great famine was throughout the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save to Sarepta, the city of Sidon, unto the woman that was a widow. And then seemingly out of nowhere, he throws in the leper. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman, the Syrian. I want to draw your attention to the 22nd verse, and all bear him witness and wonder at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Would you lift your voice and your hands one more time before we're seated and give the Lord some more great, wonderful praise here tonight. Father, we do so love you. We glorify your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Clap your hands while you're being seated and just give the Lord a round of applause. We are known 
or at least should be known worldwide. We are people of the wonderful name of Jesus. We, we adhere to, we profess, we preach that hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one. We serve one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We are a one God church. We believe, we believe, we believe in the oneness of Jesus Christ. In Him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We are a people known of the wonderful name of Jesus. It has been contentious at times. The Bible lets us to know that before Jesus completely, uh, fully returns for the church and raptures the church, that it will become more contentious. That we would be hated of all nations for His name's sake. There is something so wonderful about the name of Jesus. It is all-inclusive. It is all-powerful. It is all-knowing. It has all authority. Everything in heaven and earth is submitted, and He has preeminence over all, over everything. Nothing can supersede. Nothing is more powerful than that great, wonderful name of Jesus. That is one thing that defines an apostolic church. We are a praying people. We believe in intercessory prayer. We believe that we can pray and literally talk to God. We don't just believe that we can pray and literally talk to God, but we know for a fact that God literally talks to us. We are not a people led blindly by some omen or some sign, but God actually speaks to the church. He is the head. We are the body. He is in charge of the church. We are not led blindly. We are led fully and completely by the power of the Holy Ghost. He is the shepherd and we are the sheep. My sheep are known of me. I am known of them. They are known of me. They know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. That is another thing that identifies an apostolic church. We are intercessors. We can move mountains. We can speak under impossibilities and say, Mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Why is that so, why is that so important for us to understand? Because he spoke the world into existence. He said to the mountain, be thou a mountain. He said to the stream, let the waters be there. He created everything, all, all complete. He did it all. And so when we who were created by his spoken word speak to something that was created by his spoken word, what was created recognizes the voice of what created it. Are you with me tonight? It is simple math. Two plus two is four. Anything that God touched or created recognizes the spirit of the creator. Therefore, when a man and woman are baptized and full of the spirit of God, anything that we speak to recognizes the voice of God because it rests in us. Therefore, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Everything that God wants to do, God's going to do through you and I. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his voice. We are his eyes. We are his tabernacle. We are the vessel that the Holy Ghost is going to use in the end time. It is a simple fact. Those are the things that identify us. We are also a worshiping church. We did a little bit in the preliminaries. We worship to some degree through song and dance. But never, ever, ever let yourself be mistaken that God is going to come back after anything less 
than what the book of Acts church was born like. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord. There must be a unity, a oneness among us. We have got to come together and agree that we need Him. We worship Him. We are dependent on Him. In Him, we live, we breathe, and we have our being. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one mind, in one accord, in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and set upon each of them and they all began to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God gave them the utterance I have no doubt that the fire still works I have no doubt that there's not a spirit of suddenly in the womb of God hallelujah I am convinced that the book of Acts church is not complete yet it is that unique book in the New Testament that does not have the final salutation. Every other epistle has the salutation of goodbye. See you over there. But when you read the book of the Acts of the Apostles, it began with fire and Pentecost, and it is still being written. My question to this intelligent congregation tonight is will the last chapter of the book of Acts church look anything like the first two chapter book of Acts church? Boy, it got quiet there. Will we go out like we came in? Will we have the same power and authority and dominion as we leave this world that we had when we entered this world? Will the last book of Acts, will that last chapter of the book of Acts church have any semblance of the first chapter of that book of Acts church? Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let him trick you into thinking anything less than the truth. Of course it will. I said, of course it will. Because Matthew 16 says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not It's just not going to happen. I may dry up and disappear, but the church is still solid. I may backslide and never be seen again, but the church is still going to remain strong. Help me tonight. This wonderful, wonderful church is known by certain things. And one of the great things that we are known for is that explosive, spontaneous, combustible thing called worship. Let everything that hath breath praise you the Lord. Praise Him in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the permanent of His power. Praise Him according to His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His mighty acts. However great you think God is, according to Psalms 150, is exactly how you're supposed to praise Him. Little God, little praise. Little God, little praise. No praise, no God. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Sometimes when we come to church, we need to have a pause break. 
And we need to start reflecting. The apostle Paul said you need to remember the pit that God dug you out of. We look good tonight. We smell good tonight. We all cleaned up tonight. But when you first made your appearance to an apostolic church, I guarantee you, you didn't look like you look right now. And you sure aren't acting like you used to act. That's why you need to stop most times and remember the pit that God drug you out of. I was, but I'm not. I used to, but I don't. I don't deserve it, but I got it. That's why we clap our hands. That's why we are worshipers. That's why the apostolic church has got to go back. Hallelujah. It's easy. Hear me tonight. It's easy to take for granted the things of God. It's easy to become comfortable with the working of the Holy Ghost. It's easy to treat God like some 25 cent machine. Put your quarter in, push the button, and watch it for a few moments. But it doesn't work like that. God is sovereign. God's going to govern the church how God governs the church. Hallelujah. I, I have been, I have been intrigued by uh, some tweets that I have been reading from Bishop. And one of the things that he said is talking, and I may not quote it just right, but, but to paraphrase, if you walk in the flesh, you're going to be fleshly. But if you walk in the spirit, you're going to be spiritual. May I just add an addendum to that? If you're in love with Jesus, you're going to be a worshiper. Hang on. There's a reason I feel mandated to preach what I'm fixing to preach here tonight. I believe with all of my heart that God has placed me in this pulpit for this season. To tell this church that your time and your season is here. It will not come like you think it's going to come. It will not come like you think and had premeditated it's supposed to be. It's going to come from nowhere. It's going to come unexpected. It'll be a little nothing or nobody that walks in and pops the top. And this thing is going to explode like an atom bomb. I know you're looking for it to come from up here or here, but it's probably not going to come here. Because every time he's made his appearance known, he sneaks in the ugliest, darkest corner of the church. He's looking for somebody that is looking for him. Help me the Holy Ghost. Help me Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I have waited this pulpitting often and very redundant. Told you the time of God, the seasons of God. But if we are not careful, if we are not careful, we become such creatures of habit that we force God out of the equation. I've walked to this pulpit three times and I have told you what I felt in the Holy Ghost. And so again, on this Sunday night, I take you to the book of Acts, the 12th chapter, when great prayer was made for Peter, when the church was praying for Peter, and Peter was in prison, and the church prayed for Peter, and the Holy Ghost delivered Peter, and Peter came to the prayer meeting, and Peter knocked on the door, and they were so busy begging God for what God had already given them, that they could not believe that their prayer actually got through. So 
they told Rhoda, you are mad. You are out of your mind because we're not done praying yet. We're not done interceding yet. Don't get quiet on me right now. I'm telling this church again tonight that there is a supernatural knock on this church's door. Somebody needs to discern it and somebody needs to get up and open that door to the knock. You hear me tonight? I'm not talking about a called series of services. I'm not talking about an organized revival. I'm talking about where it stops traffic on the freeway. I'm talking about where your lost loved ones who told you they'd never come back to church. They cursed you out while they were telling you how disgraceful this thing was. The Holy Ghost is going to grab them and drag them back to this altar. Lost loved ones who walked away from God are going to be challenged and changed. Randy Fraley pastors in Southern California. He pastored in in Simber or uh, well over there somewhere. And you can call him and ask him and make sure I'm telling you the truth. But a moment just like this in his church several years ago. I said, it's here. The dimension that you have been waiting on is here. And from here on out, they're going to stop on the freeways. They will not know what it is. They will park buses on the freeway. And they will get out and cross the median. They will walk in here. And you will pray them through in the lobby. You will pray them through in the road. You'll pray them through in the buses. It wasn't but two weeks later. And a bus driver was driving down the freeway. And felt the auspices of the Holy Ghost. Felt the covering of the Holy Ghost. But he didn't know what it was. And he slammed on his brakes. He pulled over. He crossed the median. He walked into the church. And they prayed that dude through in the lobby while I was preaching the doctrine of Jesus' name. When I tell you here's the misconception. Here's the battle. When I say it's time to stop praying for it. Some of you think I'm telling you it's time to stop praying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you have sought for this. You have earnestly contended for this. And the Holy Ghost has discharged angelic beings to open the door to that dimension to this congregation. And that fell about right down there somewhere, but we'll, we'll retrieve it and try it again. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter how much you programmed it differently. God's going to have a revival. God's going to have an apostolic church. God's going to do what God wants to do, where God wants to do it, and how he chooses to do it. I feel a holy boldness on me right now. It would not surprise me if cancer wasn't rebuked and healed in this building tonight. Not tomorrow, not next week. It would not surprise me that if deafness was not healed in this building tonight, I refuse to back up off this thing. I refuse to be intimidated by this thing. I am contending the greatest moment for this church is here right now. I am contending that Jesus has come to do exactly what Jesus said he would come and do.
There's a lot about his workings and his ways that I'll never understand. It's clear to me that Isaiah penned the words, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As far as the heavens are, so are my ways. I I get that. I, I understand that God reserves all rights to do exactly what he's going to do. But I also contend that the word of God holds him captive. And he said, there are moments when I will allow you to come into a deep inner circle. And I will open the treasure chest of my wheel. And I will allow you a glimpse into what I intend to do for you. Adam, I'm going to put you in this garden. And I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to commune with you. You and I are in fellowship. We're going to talk on a daily basis. And I don't know how long he and Adam communed and talked. But one day Adam got a hold of a piece of fruit. And he disobeyed the will and the purpose of God. And when he did, he looked around all of a sudden and realized that he was naked. Until that time there was no awareness. Until that time there was no sense of what is right and what is wrong. It was just God. It was just all God. But when sin entered the picture, when disobedience took control of his life, it severed that moment. It severed that relationship between God and man. And after that, I find one of the funniest texts of the Bible. When Jesus walked into the garden and said, Adam, where art thou? Blows my mind. The guy that put the tree there. The guy that put the earth there. The guy that made the guy behind the tree. He didn't know where he was. Of course he did. But he needed to convey to Adam, you are no longer in fellowship with me. I will forever from this moment look for you. You're going to have a natural ability to hide from me, but it won't stop me from looking for you. It won't stop me from knocking on doors. It won't stop me from piercing windows and inviting you back into my fellow. Come on, somebody. It won't stop God from looking. And I contend to this congregation that God wants to give you more than what you can wrap your mind around. God wants to do more. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. My, what a paradox. To come into your own and your own reject you. I don't know that they intended on rejecting. I don't know that they got up on that Monday and said, today's the day we reject the Messiah. I do, however, believe that they wanted him, they desired him, and they preached his coming. You can agree with that. It's right. They, they preached his coming. Every time they went to church, the preacher would stand up and say, Someday, one day, oh, what a day. And I believe with all of my heart that we have mastered the art of preaching someday and one day. And oh, what a day. But we have yet to wrap our minds around the fact that God has said, Today. And now, and, and here, and, and now, because we look in the mirror and we see our frailty and we see our humanity and we cannot figure out how God can do all of that great stuff in us. But He will. 
I said, but he will. He will. He is. He's going to. Ever since I was born of the natural and the supernatural, I have heard about a revival coming. I have grew up on church pews about the end time revival. But now I live in a generation that now has more people living presently alive today than if you stop and go from today back. You, you can't, you, you can't, you just can't do it. There, there's more of us now than there's ever been. Intelligence is at an all-time high. We, we are smarter than we've ever been. We're richer than we've ever been. There's more of us than there's ever been. We're greater than we've ever been. But we have not lost the ability to not be able to discern God. And I'm going to make it so simple. Some of you are going to miss it tonight. God is here right now. Right here. Right now. But us, like the first man, think we can hide from and get by with not identifying and not recognizing. But it won't work. It won't work. So throughout the pages of the Old Testament, God begins to reveal himself. And I won't take time to go into it all. He begins to reveal himself. I am El Shaddai. I am, I am Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sidkenu, and many other names that identify, that, 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 that tell us who he is and what he is. But it wasn't until the glimpse of the New Testament in Matthew chapter 1 where he says, The God of the old is the Jesus of the new. Matthew pins the word for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government, that government, Isaiah 9, 6, that was on his shoulders, he is that he. He is that him. He is the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the mighty God. He is that man, and his name is Jesus, for he shall save there you go. He's going to save his people from their sins. And then all of a sudden, Matthew's putting the words, the God of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New. And he is here. He is alive. And he is well. You'd have thought the world would have turned itself upside down running to find Jesus. But they didn't. They looked for him from afar. They refused to identify that that great big glorious God could come and look like. And just a few minutes ago, when you were worshiping and praising God, Angels begin to ascend and descend in this place. I'm not going to get so, so mystical on you. you. You think I'm weird, but I do need to tell you what I felt and saw. Angels were in this altar ministering here tonight. I walked in and stood back there because they were everywhere in this building and they had gifts in their pockets and they were loaded down with the wealth of the kingdom. They, they want to do that. They, they're here to do. And it's just like they're waiting on go. They can't wait to do for you what God promised you he was going to do for you. But, but, but because, but, but because we can't wrap our mind around that this great big revival could come now. This great big move of God can come here in this. Watch me. And we try to figure it out because when you look through the lens of your human frailty, you see the weaknesses of your flesh. You see the inconsistencies of your life. And you automatically start aborting God's will and purpose in you. And if God can't use you, He is limited. Here we go. And so he walked among them and they could not identify him. He touched them 
and they could not recognize him. It was Peter who took the leading of the Holy Ghost. It took almost the bride, the carrot, and the mule. You know what I'm talking about? To lead him to the revelation that I am the mighty God in Christ. I, I am the fullness of God in the man Christ Jesus. This is me, Peter. Come on, say it, Peter. This is what I, you with me? This, this is what Matthew 16 gives us. He almost had to bribe Peter into the revelation of who he was. And he was a little nervous about leaving it all with them. And the greatest, the greatest example is when he had done many great things and he walks into his hometown and he picks up the book of Isaiah, the one that was the favorite of all the church people. And he said, the spirit of God is upon me. For he hath anointed me to do what Isaiah said he would come and do. I'm going to open blinded eyes. I'm going to unstop deaf ears. I'm going to open prison doors. I'm going to perform the miraculous in your house, in your life. And he closed the book and gave it to the preacher. And he whirled around and said, this day is the scripture fulfilled. That is a little bit like the response that he got. And I'm not mean and mean-spirited, but let me work on you just a minute. That's, that's kind of like the response he got. He, he was excited and thrilled because finally he, he gets to do this to people that he grew up with. He got to do it to people that watched him grow up. He got to minister, perform the miraculous to people whom he knew struggled and were sick and halt and blind and withered and lame and had personal issues that they didn't want to tell anybody he was so excited when he stood up and said this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears I get to be God at home I get to be God in your living room I get to be God in your circumstance but the people could not wrap their minds around the fact that everything they had been preached to was fixing to come to pass now I need you to hear me right now. Not everything, I'm not foolish enough. Not everything that's been preached is fixing to come to pass. But there have been sermons by the hundreds delivered from Bishop Down in this pulpit. Prophetic of nature, creative by nature. And they have set into motion the mind and the will of God. God is going to have the last word. And right now, after much prayer, after much fasting, after many seasons of discouragement, of after many ups and downs, highs and lows, God walked into this place some months ago and said, now I'm fixing to do for you what I have promised I was going to do for you. I wonder, is there anybody here tonight that can recognize what I'm trying to preach right now? And will not be trapped by tradition and miss. Tradition's a hard thing to break. Tradition's a hard thing to break. Culture's a hard thing to break. You don't have to stop praying. I'm going to preach with you praying. Tradition's a hard thing to break. Culture's a hard thing to break. When you're a drug addict, you think you'll always be a drug addict. When you're an abuser, 
You think you're always going to be an abuser and you grow up with the mentality that I'll always be what I am. Therefore, you believe that whatever is will forever be. That is a lie from hell. That is the biggest lie from hell. We walked in here tonight at one dimension. We're going to leave in another dimension. It will happen in the next few minutes. God is going to open a door of supernatural power and dimension. In this place tonight, God is going to do what God said he's going to do for this congregation. What would you do? What would you do? What would you do? Hear me. What would you do right now? If you need a miracle, some, somebody back here needs a miracle. Would you just lift your hand at me and say, preacher, I need a miracle. You need a miracle. You need a miracle. Keep your hands up, please. Keep your hands up. I, I want to I lock eyes with you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 10, 11, 12, 13. Okay, I want you all to listen to me right now. The Holy Ghost is in this house. And he has come to do for you anything he promised he would do for you. Right now. Whatever it is, look at me. Whatever it is you needed, God just did it for you. I want it on record. God just did it for you. The Holy Ghost just did it. It's over. It's finished. It's complete. You don't have to stop. No, it doesn't happen that way. It's supposed to come more mystical. It ought to come more complicated. No. It ought to come on the wings of the wind of the Holy Ghost. It ought to come because He said it would come. It's not just anywhere... And it's not just everywhere. I would have the liberty to preach what I'm preaching right now, but I want you to hear me. The reason she got a miracle, and I'm not condemning the rest of you, but the reason she got her miracle and the reason some of you are still waiting on yours is because of her response to it and your hesitation toward it. Hear me, hear me, hear me. We have got to lose this wait and see attitude. We've got to lose this hesitancy in the apostolic church. When the Holy Ghost shows up and says, I'm ready, we just got to believe that He's ready right then, right now. He closed the book, He gave it to them, and He walked back to the pulpit and He said, Right now, I'm ready to do it right now. Who's first? But you know what they did? They did what most of us do. They got logical with him. They tried to figure it out how it was supposed to happen. And nobody showed up for a miracle. And he did nothing in Capernaum. You know why? You know why? Because they looked at him. They looked at him. And they said, oh, that's just David. That's Bishop's boy. 
Or that's just that fella. Or that's just Morgan. Or that's just a program. And they started reasoning why it couldn't happen. You know what they said? They looked at him and they said, Hey, isn't that, isn't that Joseph's boy? Didn't he grow up down there by Billy? Didn't he, didn't he graduate from high school down at such? They pulled him into the natural realm of thinking. They made him like them. They made him like them. They made him accountable to their will and logic. Abraham, tell them. Moses, tell them. I am that I am when they ask who sends you. If Moses would have tried to use logic, he'd have lost it all. I went back through the miracles and saved, saved one. Every miracle that Jesus did in the plagues, unless I missed it, every miracle that Jesus did in the plagues, he incorporated Moses and or Aaron. Cast down your staff. Pick it up. Say that. Do that. Go there. Could he have done it without them? Sure he could have, but he didn't. He walks into Capernaum and says, This day I have come to do among you what you've heard I was capable of doing. I am tired of preaching to God's people about what he's capable of. And watching the frustration mount in the body of Christ when God doesn't do it. I'm going to look you in your eyes and tell you it's not God's fault. Do not lay the blame at his feet. He is past ready to do everything he's promised the church he's capable of doing. Oh, I wish I'd have got a better affirmation on that. It's not his problem. Are you ready? He just backed up and said, oh, I wish you'd have done it different. Because if I would do it for anybody, I'd do it for you because I know you better than anybody. My heart is here. This is where I really wanted to start. This is where I really wanted to do it. But you wouldn't let me. He said, I'll tell you what you're going to say now. You're going to give me a proverb, physician, heal thyself. In other words, if you're all that in a bag of chips, why don't you prove yourself to us? And Jesus looked at them and says, I have nothing to prove to you. But I'll answer you this way. There were many widows in Israel, but only one got a miracle. Now I got to looking at that bishop and it kind of, it kind of took me down a journey I wasn't expected. Why in the world would Jesus on one of his greatest sermons incorporate some widow woman from the Old Testament? Let me, let me present it like this. He said, I need an example of what I'm trying to get you to do. And the best example I can give you is the widow woman that was in Israel. There were thousands of widow women in Israel. There were hundreds of them that were going to die of starvation. But only unto one. What made her different than the rest? Because when she was fixing to bake her cake and die, the prophet showed up. And said, go get me a drink of water. And as she turned to get a drink, he said, and likewise, fetch me a cake. The Holy Ghost looked at a woman who was willing to step out. 
break the norm and give all. I'll prove it to you. She whirled and said, if I bake this cake, I and the lad are going to die. I want you to know what you're costing me. I only have enough for us. But if you tell me to bake a cake, I've got enough confidence in the prophet and in the spirit of the prophet that God must have a better plan for me. So off to the kitchen I go when all the other widows were saying, ah, oh, Oh, that ain't how it works. When all the other church people said, Oh, I'm not going to act that way. I'm not going to give all. I'm not come on, congregation. There's got to be a casting off of restraint. The mind has got to accept that God is going to do it for you. try it again and just before he opened the door and left he said oh by the way there were a lot of lepers in the land of Israel but only unto one what was it about that cat here's what it was when that little servant of the Lord looked at him and said if you'll go down to Jordan and find the muddiest place of it and you'll have a mud bath seven times when you get up The verse of Scripture says that when he was told to go do that, he said it like this. Behold, I thought that you would command me to do a great thing. See, I know this isn't the kind of sermon you are probably expecting tonight. But, oh God, i got to obey the Holy Ghost. you got to get to a place... Where when the Lord speaks and says, here and now, and this, you won't have the philosophy that says, behold, we thought. I don't know, I don't know how to tell you any other way except how I'm telling you. We have lost the spontaneity of the Spirit. We've got to have it logical. It's got to be programmed. We know when to shout. We know when to run. If the song's off beat, if the song's off core, we're just not going to give God much. But when everything's right, right now, in this building, there are ministering spirits that were sent and dispatched by heaven itself to give you what you need right now. But if I tell you that, you're going to stand right there. And the nature of us, our own culture, starts strangling that out of us. Hey, Naaman, go do what I tell you to do, and you'll get what I promised you. And when he obeyed, no matter how crazy it was, when he obeyed, he got a miracle. That's why Jesus paused and said the widow and the leper, they got their miracle. Because when I showed up, they did what I asked them to do regardless of how crazy it was.
this morning, this morning the Holy Ghost got to moving. Hang on just a minute. We're not going to miss anything, I promise you. This morning the Holy Ghost got to moving. Remember, those of you here, the Holy Ghost got to moving while I was preaching. And the Holy Ghost touched his heart. And he told her, he said, I want to go pray. And she said, it's, it's not time yet. We, we're waiting on. Am I telling her right? She said, it's not time. The altar call is not given. He said, no, no. I, I want to go pray now. And he walked up here. He can't speak a lick of English. Nada. And when I tried to pray for him, they said, he doesn't understand anything you're saying. So I went through the interpreter. And I began to tell him how to pray and how to find God. And when he found God, guess what language he started talking? I stood next to him and heard him say, help me, God. Help me, God. I thank you, God. But he didn't wait for an altar call. He didn't wait for the invitation. It's when the Holy Ghost showed up in his life. He said, now, now, I want it now. I'll do whatever it takes. How about it? How bad you want your miracle? How bad do you want revival? How bad do you want your loved ones? How bad do you want your spouse? Holy Ghost is going to pull some of you out of your dark corners. Holy Ghost is going to bring you face to face with Him tonight. Holy Ghost is going to start revealing to the ministry lives, issues, and problems. Come on, congregation. I'm not here just preaching a revival to preach a revival. I'm here telling you the Holy Ghost has orchestrated this moment for this church. It will be unorthodox. It will not be planned. It will be unusual. But it will be of God. You're standing there right now trying to figure out your next move. You're standing there right now trying to figure out what God's fixing to do. I'll help you. Go do something crazy. Go take a bath in mud. Go fix the preacher a cake knowing it's all you got. The principle is this. He's going to require you to do what you never thought he would ask you to do. So if you're doing the same thing, if you're responding the same way, it's probably not going to happen again. Come on, sir. Just how bad you want your miracle. Come on, mother. Just how bad you want your miracle. Come on, sir. Come on, new convert. Come on, visitor.
Go ahead. Go ahead. It's not going to happen. You standing there thinking logically. That doctor tells you to take seven every day. That doctor tells you you need to stand up. You need to turn around. You need to see. You'll do everything that doctor tells you to do. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, step out of the normalcy of your life. Stop boxing God in. Stop requiring God to do it your way. And just be spontaneous and give God. on her would you just lay hands on her God's going to give her a miracle when you lay hands on her mother it's going to happen because the Holy Ghost promised to her that's what some of you not getting it's not me it's not them it's the Holy Ghost keeping his word to you it's him walking in this place tonight saying I am here to do for you what I promised you I would do Come on, visitor. You've been lied to so much, you don't know when you're hearing truth. I'm telling you right now, if you're in this place and you need a miracle in your life, run to this altar. You will not go home like you come. Run to this altar. Try me. Try me. Try me. If it don't happen, I'll never preach again. Try me. He's going to start whispering. He's going to start talking to you. He's going to ask you to do something right now, front to back, right to left. When he asks you to do it, do not. Do not hesitate. Go bake the cake. Go bake the cake. Go run, bake the cake. It may be all you got that he's asking you for, but don't hesitate to give it. He may be asking you to take a bath in the dirtiest part of the river. But if you logically explain it away, you'll lose your miracle.
Step in. They're still coming. Step close to the altar. They're coming behind you. All right, altar workers. All right, altar workers. Come on, ministry. Come on, ministry. I need your help in this altar right now. It's very simple. If you're in this altar, just close your eyes. The reason why I ask you to close your eyes is there's a whole lot of commotion going on in your world. Just close your eyes. You're just blocking things out. That's all it is. Just close your eyes. Don't be afraid of it. Close your eyes. Hey, you made it to the right place. Close your eyes. Just you and God start talking just like I'm talking to you. Okay, God. That preacher said, come to this place. I'm here. Hey, I'm not talking about a touch. I'm talking about a miracle. I'm not talking about a feel-good sensation. I'm talking about visible miracles, a demonstration of the Holy Ghost here right now. Don't stop, church. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. There are many in this altar that just come. There's many that just walked up here. They're seeking the Holy Ghost. Their heart is being softened by the Spirit right now. This is new to them. If you need something, close your eyes. If you need God, close your eyes. All I'm asking you to do that for is just to block the confusion of movement around you. Just focus on what you feel. Just focus on what you've heard, what you hear. Focus on what you feel the Spirit saying to you. That's it. That's it. When you feel it, the universal sign of surrender is the lifting of hands. That's it. That's it. Come on, altar workers. Come on, altar workers. Diligence. Spiritual sensitivity right now. That's it, altar workers. Yes. Yes.
Come on, here's one talking in tongues. There ought to be many more here tonight. Don't stop praying, prayer warrior. Don't stop interceding. Don't stop praying. Come on, church. Come on, church. The Holy Ghost is not near done. Come on. Oh, God, don't leave like you come. Don't leave like you came. Don't get up and walk out of this building like you walked in. Hey. Keep praying that this is your church, if this is home to you, would you stand? If this is home to you, would you stand? If you're visiting, you can stay where you are, but if this is home, stand. I want everybody that's standing to lift your hands. And I'm going to pray very simple. And when I say Holy Ghost fall in this place, there's going to be an outpouring of demonstration of His Spirit fall in this congregation from the front to the back, right and left. It's going to baptize us. Father... We have humbly walked into your presence and we recognize it's you. We know that you are here. We know that you desire to do for us and to us what you have promised us. Now, we stand humbly in your presence. We surrender all to your purpose. Now, Holy Ghost, fall in this place. Demonstrate for us what only you have the power to do.
Come on, it's here. It's here. Go bake the cake. Go bathe in Jordan. Don't hesitate. Don't stop. Don't reason yourself out of your miracle right now. I just heard it fall. I just heard it. I just felt the release of it. Here it is. Here it is. Here's the witness of it. Here's, come on, front to back. Front to back. Right to left. You feel that? That's what he promised. This is what he promised. Now run, bake the cake. Now run, take the bath. Don't hesitate. Don't use your logic. Whatever you feel prompted to do, do it in the Holy Ghost. Yes. 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 The spontaneity. That combustion. It's on its way. It's been dispatched. It's walking down the aisle looking for you. But it's looking for the one that's baking the cake. It's looking for the one that wants it more than anybody else. It's looking for the saint that desires it more than anything in the natural man. It's here, it's happening, it's here, it's happening. Come on, church. Open their eyes and let them see. 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 Ministering spirits, healing, 
Hallelujah. 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 Holy Ghost wants to shake this place. Holy Ghost wants to shake this place. I'm telling you right now, the will of God, He wants to shake this place with His power right now. He wants to shatter every unbelieving spirit. He wants to prove Himself real to you right now. That's it, congregation. That's it, man of God. That's it, woman of God. That's it, saint of the Most High. Come on. Come on. That's it. Clap those hands. That's it. Wave that hand. That's it. Say hallelujah. That's it. Say that thine is the glory and the kingdom and the power. Say it. Declare it. Operate in it and buy it. This is where tumors start drying up. This is where cancers start disappearing. This is where blinded eyes start opening. Come on, congregation. Bake the cake. Bake the cake. never done what I'm fixing to do but if you're a saint of this church and you're in need of a miracle and I, I, I look at me I pray God gives me discernment to know if you're serious or not and if you're not serious don't you dare walk this platform you are desperate I mean you are desperate for a miracle you need God I want four of you to come set right now. In a minute, I want this couple to come. Pastor, choose two or three more ministers to stand up here with us. Or however many you want. I need ministry up here. Sit down.
Sit down. Are you serious? You're ready for it. You're ready for it. I'll make it possible. Stay there. I'll come to you. Are you ready? Here's how it's going to work. You're going to sit down with your issue. We're going to say one simple prayer. And when you stand, it will have fallen off. And you will rise in a new dimension of faith and healing and miracles. Chains are coming off. I don't know why God's people have to have proof, but you do. Give me about two or three more preachers, ministers, whoever you have confidence in. In Jesus' name, you're going to come sit next. Stay right there. Hurry, men of God, hurry. Stand behind each chair. Pastor, just you be a floater. One man behind each chair. I'm telling the church, you look up here at me. We are done playing. We are done flirting with these things. We're done hanging, we're done hanging on to hang-ups. You didn't hear me. I said we're done with it. We're done asking and begging God. It's God's will for them to get a miracle tonight. Are you ready? Let's pray. Simple. Command it to be gone. Proclaim it in Jesus' name and release it. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Go shout! Go! Go shout! Four more! Four more! We're not playing! God is God. He has all power. He's still in the healing and delivering business. Next. Next. Go, don't stop shouting. My God. Pray again. Father, in Jesus' name, what they sit down with, they will not stand up with. Every chain, every problem, every issue, I say it. Stand up. It's go. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Does anybody believe that God is in the healing business? Does anybody believe that God is in the delivery business? Are you ready? Now you pray. Now you pray. Now you pray. Pray.
because I'm doing magic tricks and not because I said, but because Jesus is in this house. The Holy Ghost has declared, I've come to open blinded eyes. I've come to open prison doors. Today, today, today. Stand up. It's gone. I just felt a release. I'm telling you, there's a wave of the Holy Ghost right now. My God, you ought to be baking a cake right now. You ought to be taking a bath in mud right now. Whatever the Holy Ghost tells you to do, you ought to be doing it right now. It's here. It's here. As loud and as authoritatively as I can tell you, it's here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. This is how they're going to start getting the Holy Ghost here. Pray. Pray. Command it. Stand. It's gone. It's broke. It's shattered. The prison door is open. It's already happening. It's already happening. It's already breaking. It's already crumbling. It's already being cast off.
the chains are not just unlocked, they're shattered. They will never be, they will never be usable again. The chains are gone. Stand. Stand. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. You're baking a cake. Don't stop. You're baking a cake. Woo! Stand. 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 Now stand. It's gone. Yeah. Come on, we're turning this into a show. It can't be a show. It's a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Wherever you are, wherever you are, you need a miracle. I want you to either sit down or bend over, do something just, just symbolically. I want you to lower yourself. Father, in the name of Jesus, you have come to open every prison door. You have come to unlock it. You've come to crush it. You've come to destroy it. In the name of Jesus, when we stand, let us stand in the power of your might. Stand. Stand. It is broken yet you ought to dance like you're free you ought to worship like you're free you ought to exalt God like you're free
risen. Oh, it's a new day. There's a fresh anointing.
for just a moment. You get you can just stop. I've got a, a testimony to share here. I may have not got my ability to walk tonight, but I can breathe a whole lot better. He said he may not have gotten his ability to walk tonight, but he's breathing a whole lot better. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new season. It's a new day. Hallelujah. 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 
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else, just by the raising of a hand, can identify the miracle you received tonight? You know you received something. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we just give God one more offering of praise and thanksgiving? 